Welcome to Girlfriend Chit Chat Show. I am your host, Amira Bay. I have the best conversations with my girlfriends, Shauna Price and Leslie Thomas, that uplift, transform, and inspire women professionally as well as personally. So come on in and let's chat it up. Hello, everyone. We are happy to be here again for another Girlfriends Chit Chat show. We are honored to have in our presence today the none other than Mayor Yvonne Sawyer. We are so happy and elated and excited to have her here. If you have not had a chance to be a part of the Girlfriends Chit Chat show, come on in and chat with us today because this woman right here is a trailblazer. She is one making strides and making a difference in her country. So come on in as we begin to chat it up today. As always, I am your host, Samira Bay, as well as my co-host, Shauna Price, the Connection Guru, as well as my girl, Leslie Thomas of LT Financial. So we are happy to have you here. So let's go ahead and chat it up again, ladies. All right. So let me tell you all a little bit about Mayor Yvonne Sawyer. She was sworn in as mayor of Freetown in May 2018 with a commitment to transform Freetown using an inclusive data-driven approach to address challenges in the city. Launching in January of 2019, the three-year transform Freetown plan details 19 concrete targets across 11 sectors and covers issues ranging from waste management and housing to improving urban planning, tackling the environmental degradation, and facilitating the creation of jobs in the tourism sector. A finance professional with over 25 years of private sector experience in strategic planning, risk management, consulting, and project management. Mayor Sawyer's public sector engagement began with her work as the director of planning at the National Ebola Response Center during the Ebola epidemic of 2014 and 15, and her subsequent role as delivery team lead for the president's recovery priorities, the second phase of a multi-stakeholder program to drive social economic recovery in Sierra Leone post Ebola. Her advocacy and charity contributions include campaigning against the trade in blood diamonds during the Sierra Leone Civil War and in 1999, co-founding the Sierra Leone War Trust for Children, which continues to support disadvantaged children in Sierra Leone today. Mayor Sawyer is a chartered accountant and holds an MS in politics, politics of the world economy and the London School of Economics and a BS in honors in economics from Fort Bay College. She is married and has two beautiful children. So let's welcome right now, Mayor Yvonne Sawyer. We are so happy and elated to have you here today. And so my first question, I have to ask this because your bio does you no justice at all. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Could you tell us a little bit about your story? Because that's what I feel like our viewers and our listeners today need to understand. 
Um, thank you so much, Amira, and thank you, Sharon and Leslie. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you, all the viewers. Um, so, as they've as has been said, my name is Yvonne Aki Sawyer, um, the mayor of Freetown in Sierra Leone, somewhere where many of you might not actually have even heard of. Um, it's in West Africa. It's a small country, seven million people. And what my story now? How much time do we have? <laughs> Let me, let me give you highlights. Um, I, I would say, I would say highlights would be, um, and, and I'm going to start in this particular place because of the audience, because I am speaking to women of color in the United States. So when, um, when I was up to the age of 10, from about seven to 10, my parents were living, we were living in, in Canada just up the road from you guys. Um, and my dad had just finished his PhD and was offered work there. And my parents often say the reason they came back to Africa, the reason they came back to Sierra Leone was because I kept saying to them, don't we have our own country? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that expression um, really has really defined uh, who I am and what my journey has been. For as long as I can remember, I've been really committed, and I don't know why, I think it's a God thing. In fact, I know it's a God thing. Yeah. I've been really committed um, to trying to make a difference in the lives of those around me, um, coming from a country which is poor and doesn't need to be poor. And I'm just gonna be making some parallels here because there, there are elements of um, the US of A which are poor and don't need to be poor. Elements where our communities of color live, you know, uh, and so that the journey was one where I, I think I can track it um, in terms of trying to make a difference. First, as a student, just engaging with other students and, and making opportunities through my involvement in ISAC. Then as a young professional living in the UK, when the war started in Sierra Leone, um, setting up the charity, SLWT that you mentioned, that was back in 1999. Um, and, and, you know, really reaching out through those warriors, campaigning against the Trading Blood Diamond, but also trying to be practical with other, other friends, just a small group of seven of us, um, with providing education and health support for children affected by the war. And 20 years on, I'm so excited the SWT is still alive, you know, and it's, it's morphed and it's addressing the new needs of the day whether it's, it's you know, girls needing scholarships to stay in secondary school or Ebola victims who, orphans who lost their parents during the outbreak. Um, so, so a journey that started with how can I make a difference and do so through charity work, um, but still having my own job. So this is you doing this in your spare time. So ladies, anything is possible. It's what you do in the evenings. It's what you do in the week at the weekends. And then getting to a point around 2009, where um, on a particular day, and, and Freetown is beautiful, by the way. Um, you may you don't know Sierra Leone, but go Google it. Google beaches in Freetown, absolutely <laughs> stunning. And, and, you know, I was there, I'd come from the UK, I was in, London, uh, in Freetown um, to look at one of our projects and it was an agricultural training program for ex-child soldiers. Um, and this was in, you know, mid 2000s, um, about, and I was really struck. The image that was of putting a bandage on a 
on a gangrenous wound. I felt like for every con we're taking them back. And that was the point at which I decided that it was um, important for me to, to actually go beyond the work in the, in the not-for-profit space um, and, and join my husband who was already you know, investing in business in Sierra Leone to do that. So we embarked on a journey which is still ongoing of building a five-star Hilton hotel in the city to create jobs, you right. know, to boost the tourism sector, to, to really impact in the, in the uh, economy. So we were on that journey. And so it's moving from um, not-for-profit into the private sector. And it was while it was whilst we, this was um, happening that the Ebola outbreak uh, um, happened. Whilst this was going on, and again, just you know, I felt just it was impossible for me to watch from a distance. It was right. impossible for me to spectate, um, and so I took sabbatical from our, our from our company, um, and and stepped forward to volunteer um, and. Getting onto a plane in 2013, 14 it was, um, at the height of the outbreak, um, to go and be a part of the response. That was my move into the, pro the public sector. Right. So in terms of the journey and service, not-for-profit, private sector, public sector. Um, at the end of the outbreak, which was an experience in itself, and I'll let you listen to the TED talk rather than try and fit everything in. <laughs> at the end of the outbreak, I was asked to, um, to lead the recovery program um, with the government as a consultant to government. And I think it was really during that time that I was so struck by the needs of the city um, from the perspective of I'm working now as a consultant to government, I'm seeing how government is operating. I'm really seeing the gaps and I'm seeing the challenges. I'm not satisfied with how it's going. Um, and so I decided to run for office, <laughs> decided wow. to run for mayor nine months before the election, not even a member of a political party. Um, but the good news is, um, you know, the passion and the, and the Lord, um, and I guess the, 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 the track record of what I had done and why I had done it um, that could be pointed to, um, as well as my professional background, which enabled me to approach that political space very differently to how it had been done before. Right. And then there was another factor. We hadn't had a female in that position for 40 years, and we'd never had an elected female mayor. Um, so, you know, really grateful that in May 2018, I was sworn in as mayor, first woman in 40 years and first elected female. Um, and we began this really ambitious, crazy journey um, of transforming our city in three years with a transformed Freetown agenda. So that, in a nutshell, is the story. Wow. It really speaks to, I think, you know, when God gives you a vision to push forward, he already has the provision already set in place for you to go where he's sending you. And I, I really hear that resonating with me. Sometimes we want all the details ahead of time, but if we just follow the voice and go in the path that he's asking us to go, the provisions are already there. So I'm, I'm inspired because sometimes we want the plan to come all together before we do anything. Mm -hmm. 
And mm. what you're saying is that you really just didn't have all of the pieces there at once, but you did what God told you and you moved forward in that direction. And he's been making, um, you know, all of these different wonderful things happen and come together. So it really does speak, like Shauna said, to obedience and that that's honorable in and of itself. So I'm no longer going to think about my plan from here moving forward. <laughs> Well, I, um, uh, you, Mayor Aki, so I have a question. Plan. <laughs> yes. Did you hear her last week? She said you can certainly plan. Okay, I will plan, but I, I will know I don't have to have all the pieces together when I go. <laughs> just hold, just hold your plan lightly. Yes. Okay. Good advice. I'm taking it all in. <laughs> So I, I, I personally was very like, as I, you know, take, took a look into your life, peeped into what I could see about your life. I love that you really believe in community yes. um, and involving the community. And cause like I was telling my husband one day, we was riding down the street where we used to live. And I said to him, I said, um, I guarantee you that if you go into the neighborhood, you can find painters, welders, carpenters. You can find just about anybody that if we only wanted to volunteer in our own neighborhood, which is what, that's what you did. If we only wanted to help in our own neighborhood, we could facelift the entire Beta Sport Road, which is where I grew up at in Charlotte, North Carolina. Right. And I love that you had focus groups. Have your focus groups increased in size? Oh, she's frozen. Hmm. Sorry, I lost the connection. I think That's I'm all right. That's okay. Go ahead, Shauna. Did she so she can hear what you were asking her? So I missed the question because the connection was off. Okay, no worries. I can ask it again. No problem. <laughs> So what I was saying was that I love that you really believe in community. Can you can you still hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. I love that you believe in community and that you believe in involving the community, having the conversation under the mango tree, so to speak, right? Um, I was telling my, I was what I was saying was that I was telling my husband that where we grew up at, um, in Charlotte, North Carolina, a lot of things are being gentrified. So like, if we went to the neighborhood, we could find carpenters and painters and welders, you know, and if we would just volunteer, because essentially that's what you did, you went back to your community to fix things, right? Um, then we could facelift the entire Beta Sport Road, which is where I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. My question to you is, because I love that you have focus groups with the community. Mm -hmm. Have those groups increased in numbers and size? Okay, so um, I think they've really, it's really changed. We, the, the, we started off at this, with the journey of trying to develop the plan and we had focus groups then which were across the, the space. So right across the city in every zone, we had a group. Um, and then as time has moved on and we, we've actually sort of articulated what the plan is, we're now in the stage of implementation um, the, the, the sort of the life of those groups has also changed. So for example, now, now we're working on um, uh, an upgrading program 
for informal settlements and what people would call a slum, a slum upgrade. Um, and so we're working with the communities in that, you know, where we're doing that project, but also the Federation of Urban and Rural Poor, otherwise known as the Slum Dwellers Association. Um, if we're, so it, it's become more, it's become more specific to what we're doing. And, and one of the reasons, if we had the, the financial resources to keep those going, the way we had it before, we probably would have. Um, but it, you, you know, you actually, particularly when you're working in communities that are deprived, um, you know, you need to bring resources in order to be able to create those spaces for discussion because you're taking people away from what they're doing. You know, you're needing to have the space. Um, but an interesting thing that we have, we are able to do now, um, and it is a community thing, um, is with our property rates. So um, where we are, we've introduced a new property rate system. It's been hugely controversial, um, a big controversial from the perspective of the government stopped us, blah, 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 long story short. Um, we ended up with no resources for this year. Anyways, um, moving on. Um, where we are now, <laughs> where we are now is that um, we are going to do digital town halls. So that's another interesting element because of COVID. So right. we're kicking off with an experiment in January. In fact, I'll be, I'll be shooting a video um, um, on Monday, I think it is, that we'll use how we done this. Our city has 48 wards. I don't know what your concept would be. Maybe they're districts, I don't know what you call them, but the smallest administrative unit in, in, of um, a city government. So we have 48 wards and they have ward councillors. Okay. Um, and one of the things that we want to do, which we have done, we've actually passed it as a resolution in council to encourage people to be on this journey with us and to, to also contribute financially by paying their rates has been to say, okay, 20% of everything we collect from any specific ward is going to be reinvested in that ward. And you as the residents are going to do to decide how we spend the money. So oh, um, that's amazing. So yeah. we've been able to, so it's, we're starting off with um, 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 an experiment because um, obviously we, people haven't been paying taxes previously, so we don't have the cash to do this, um, right. but we were able to get some grant funding. And with that, we will um, have, they're not huge amounts, but small enough amounts for us to test this. So everybody who is a rate payer, we've called you, we've checked your phone number and we've checked if it's on WhatsApp. And then we are randomly selecting a certain number to create a WhatsApp group for, for those or several WhatsApp groups for the wards. And then we'll give them the menu of investments of what we can use the money for. You vote, you choose, and then we invest. Oh, um, wow, so I like that. We kick this off in January um, with the experimental funding. So it's small amounts, but then it will inspire people to pay their taxes because right. they know that what they spend, they will get to choose how 20% of that money gets spent back in their own community. So- Which will help uh, revenue mobilization. Which will help revenue mobilization. Yeah. Um, and it will also help community. And one of these other small things, which is it's not really the focus group point, but it's kind of related. And it wasn't done deliberately. It kind of just happened was the introduction, and I know that in, in, in the US, there are many uh, um, cities that you know, sort of have a term for their residents. But when I was campaigning, I started talking about Freetonians. 
And mm -hmm. I, I don't think at the time, it just came, you know, I don't think at the time I had appreciated how much that would impact the sense of community. Yeah. But it has, yeah. because yeah. it's like, oh, we're Freetonians. Oh, I'm a Freetonian, you know? And it's just that <laughs> sense of identifying with the city um, and, and me being able to speak as the mayor about, you know, my commitment to Freetonians um, and my expectations of the roles and responsibilities of Freetonians as we collectively go through this journey of transforming our city. Right. I love that. That's phenomenal. I, I think that uh, the, a lot of that would, when I look at, into like my, like I was saying, my own community, I think that that's really like the, the change that has to come about is us saying, this is our community, let mm. us fix it right as opposed to sitting back and waiting for somebody to fix it and when they do fix it they fix it in terms where now you might not can afford to live there yeah so like, <laughs> yeah I, that's, right. that's what's happening yeah. but i think that that what was one of the things that kind of struck me i was like wow she's very much about the community being a part and i was i was listening as you were talking about on the bloomberg interview with um how you had the conversation with the doctor from Uganda, he talked about sitting mm -hmm. under the mango tree. And I was like, boy, we need a lot of mango trees because we got a lot of conversations to have. We do, we do. So, I'm sure apple trees work too. Apple trees, apple trees definitely will work. Any tree that we can um, sit up under, right? So let's, let's talk trees. Or even WhatsApp groups. Yes. What's that? What's that? <laughs> however, we may work. however we can get the conversation going, but the conversation really does have to happen amongst us, as opposed to us saying, "How can?" Like, of course, we need there be resources are needed, but we have to have that conversation first to say we care about our environment, we care about where we live, we care about you know what how this is going to look different. Right. That's just that's what I was. It just. I don't know, guys, because y'all know I'm talkative, so I'm not going to talk too much. But when your story made me think about my neighborhood, right? Like, what are, what are we really doing and unafford to keep it beautiful and to keep it mm -hmm. bringing in its own mm -hmm. money and that kind of thing? So, but I think I think I think the thing about it too is you're making a difference, and a lot of us we walk around here and we're wanting change. We're wanting to make a difference in our community, but what are you doing to set the tone? What are you doing to walk the walk? Because a lot of times you were already working before you even went back to your country and began mm. to work. You were already doing things where you were in London. You were working there and wanted to help better women and help children. And you were wanting to make a difference. That's what I thought was so awesome that when you went back and became mayor, you were wanting to instill trade skills and women and equip them to be yeah. out there on their own and be able to function and be a functioning individual in their community. And right. us as women, as entrepreneurs, as we're going, we're trying to be independent mm -hmm. and setting ourselves apart from everybody else and working hard. And I think everything you're doing it's now showing, you know how you're in the trenches so long and people mm -hmm. don't see you there and you're like, oh, I'm digging away. I'm digging away, somebody's <laughs> gonna see me one day. But you know, it's all about what your takeaway is. It's like, I know I'm making a difference. Right. I know I'm making strides in my community. And when you moved up to say, hey, I wanna be mayor. And I know being in this position will allow me to go even further, you know, and that people don't realize that is that's the thing. You were saying what, Shauna? 
I was like in like in the changes she wants to make, it opens the doors yes. a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely. Can I just say something? Um, just picking up on what Shauna said about um her community and you know the need to you know make that difference in in in, in Charlotte. Um and and I think there's there's something that we often miss, we we sometimes miss maybe, um, and that's joining the dots. Nobody makes a difference on their own. Right. You right. know. We, 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 uh, we, you know, we, we all have the ability to be agents of change, right. but our effectiveness um, is, is really enhanced by joining the dots. Right. So that's one thing I would just want to encourage, you know, and when you said, you know, like where do you start? Right. Um, conversations. You would be surprised at the number of people who feel the way you feel, but are in their own silo thinking that, nobody else is thinking this way right. um and and, are, and and therefore feel you know sort of isolated lonely you know uh, um, um inhibited but the more you talk the more you sort of like get it out there mm -hmm. the more likely you are to find others who feel the way you do exactly. um and, and and that just really sets off a chain reaction we could not be achieving what we're achieving in freetown if i was trying to do this by myself Exactly. Wow. I mean, even yesterday, you know, I have a, a, a young McKinsey consultant, a young guy who works at McKinsey in Tokyo. He's just landed in Freetown. He's here for three months to come and be part of Transform Freetown. On wow. Friday, we received a doctor from Nigeria who just finished at Oxford. They're all doing this on a volunteer basis. Here in the city, we have people who come and say, I, I do this or I am that and I want to be a part just because it's out there because wow. it's out there because we're saying here's a structure somebody's prepared to take the lead but I need this I need this we need this we need this and by the way what do you think we need oh that's a great idea right Facebook Amira you saw me we connected on Facebook mm -hmm. one of the most amazing things that I'm celebrating this year came be because I saw a Facebook post by a Sierra Leonean doctor living in the US mm -hmm. saying that she was doing maternal maternity kits for mothers in PHUs. Uh, a basket, you know, buckets, you know, um, some clothes, just something so that the mother, like a dignity kit when you're going to go have your baby, so some essential. Um, and she was looking to, to see how she could scale that. And I sent her a message and said, I'd love to talk to you about this because I'm really concerned about the number of people, obviously it's part of our, one of our targets, the number of women who die during childbirth. So wow. anything we can do to support that, great. Our conversation has actually led to connecting with a conversation I had in Liberia earlier in the year right. with a foundation who do education, mm -hmm. but the person who I was speaking to was Ethiopian right. and they are friends with somebody else, with a foundation that works with Obzangaini. Mm -hmm. Today, they have signed $3.9 million for us for the wow. first time ever to have wow. a residency program to have doctors in Sierra Leone specialize as gynecologists. Wow. Just from joining the dots. And that is, that is the story. That is, that's how all of this is happening. It isn't me. It is 
well, it's the Lord, but it's also, you just be clear, Shauna. You be clear about what you guys want to see. Yes. When I say clear, like Leslie was saying, you don't have to have it all planned out. Right. You know, but say what we want to see. Start yes. the conversations. Yeah. Reach out, respond. When people send you random emails, respond. Exactly. You just never know where it's going to go. Yeah, that's right. That's true. And I, that's the thing about virtual now. We connect with people online now. And like you yeah. said, all you got to do, and I sent you a message. All I want to do was connect with you. Yeah. I would have never known in my wildest dreams. And people yeah. don't understand. It's all about the first contact. Just send a message. Reach out to them and see what they need. What do they want? And you may be of service to them. And that's the great part. She was wanting to be of service. And I thought that, see, and look, you connected her and connected and connected. And that I think is the most amazing thing. But let me ask you a question. When you were deciding to go back to Sierra Leone and leave your husband and children behind because you had a mission, speaking from woman to woman, because I have children and have a husband. How strong, because that's strength. How strong was that for you to have to make a crucial decision like that for a mission that you knew you had to do? So I think, I think um, when, when you face those sort of things, mm -hmm. it, it, it almost happens to you as opposed to you doing it. Right. So, so the outbreak, um, I had been in Freetown um, doing some work, came back on the 3rd of June. Um, I had surgery in July 17th. The 30, 30th of July, the state of emergency was announced. And like I said, in the TED talk, I, I cried for hours. Mm -hmm. um, my, my husband, I said to my husband, I've got to do something. He's like, where are you going? Just go back to bed. Um, Cause I was recovering. In the months that followed, we went from, okay, we'll use the platform of a charity, which already exists, to raise funds and get equipment for doctors and support that way. Mm -hmm. Then it went to, okay, the UK is going to provide health services and healthcare facilities on a volunteer basis. But most of the people that they're talking to, no offense, are Caucasians, you know, who are already alien to our community, you know, but the messaging is such that a typical Sierra Leonean uh, um, nurse working in the UK probably doesn't think this is a message for her because right. they're not making it clear that you're still going to keep your job, that you're still going to be paid. It's sounding like you're just going to go off and volunteer. And but, but, but I knew differently. So we spent time communicating that, doing roadshows, you know, trying to get uh, um, um, Sierra Leoneans, other Africans to volunteer so that for the perspective of the patient, you know, there was less of, a, it's already frightening to have somebody in the PPE, but at least there is that voice that you can right. relate to the language. Um, so it, we spent time doing that. And then also for, 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 for the, the foreign helpers who are obviously very, very valuable, we also began to engage um, and provide, you know, um, at, at the request of the UK government, um, um, sort of acclimatization training 
tell them about the culture, et cetera. So they were better prepared as well to arrive. So all of this is going on and I'm flat out doing this. Um, and the numbers uh, of the cases like you're seeing now with COVID, but it's very different because in, in, with Ebola, it's actually it's not very different. These people are dying in the US. You know, so actually it's not very different. Um, but at that time, it was only happening in three countries in the world, you know, and, and people were literally dying on the streets. You know, when the Ebola outbreak happened, it was Liberia, Sierra Leone, and Guinea at that time. Um, and the numbers were just going up. So I, I guess, I guess you're not thinking, you're not thinking, you're not sitting here going, mm, I'm gonna leave the children and my husband and I'm gonna go off. No, you're not thinking like that. You're thinking, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you know, this is still going wrong. Is there something I can do? The day that I decided I was gonna go, um, I had to go. I, I, I really felt so strongly. Uh, um, my husband said, he actually said, you know, I, you know, I know, I understand, I get you. Right. Uh, um, you know, um, and my daughter, my daughter said, I told my friends, my mom was gonna go sort it out. <laughs> the person who, <laughs> the person who was most concerned at the time, um, because that was 2014, that was six years ago, and he was, what was he? He was 13. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, he was 14, was my son, my son. Um, and he, yes, he was, he, he was really emotional. Um, and that was probably the hardest moment um, when he, he ran off, went to his room, slammed the door, and I could hear him sobbing behind the door and, um, you know, saying, you know, I don't want you to die, I don't want you to die. Um, so that was tough. Um, I was on BBC Breakfast uh, um, TV the next morning, um, and that kind of helped because he was then sending messages, that's my mom, that's my mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which was, I mean, God's amazing timing, right? Just kind of help us manage that situation. But I think what, what happened with me is that it, like the planning thing, I left for three months, Right. you know, um, that was in November, 2014. We are now in November, 2026 years on. Wow. Um, there was no plan that mommy was going to move away and go live in another country mm -hmm. um, and not be there anymore. That was never the plan. The plan was mommy's gonna go away for three months to volunteer and then she'd be back. Right. Um, and, and then one thing after the other and after the other, and even when I decided to run for mayor, that was a hard conversation because I had, you know, the outbreak was over, it was a year. Okay, we accepted that, got back, you know, family was really happy. And then I was asked to do this role um, and we discussed it with the family and, you know, there was some, some concern, but ultimately, um, you know, there was an acceptance that this was a great opportunity to try and be part of the difference and the change we wanted to see. When I then in, in um, May, 2017, um, came home and we were, you know, had a family meeting and I said that I wanted to run for mayor. Mm -hmm. My daughter said, Mommy, you left for three months. You've been gone for three years. And mm -hmm. now you said what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those conversations. And, and my and my husband also said, you, you know, you know 
how old we're going to be when this is done, right? You know, like, you know, this is our marriage. Right. Um, but I, I really thank God. I mean, you know, these things, you know, that you know when it's right because the Lord finds a way of making it work. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and by the time I got back on a plane to go back, you know, my husband was giving me his full support. Um, it was harder with the kids. It took a while longer, but even on our bad days, cause you know, we're on the phone every day, you know, uh, um, WhatsApp messages, you know, I'm, you know, I, you know, if my daughter needs me to be on the phone for an hour, um, I am, if I, if I don't, and she needs me, she makes me know that she needed me and I wasn't there. <laughs> um, um, but you know, it's, 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 it's certainly not perfect. It's certainly not what, we, well, is it not perfect? No, I wouldn't even say that. It is not what we planned, right. but it's what we have. Um, and alongside that, I'm so blessed. This could not have happened if I didn't have a family who believe in the same vision. My husband is 110% sold, totally committed. And for them, my kids say, yes, this isn't how they would want it but they value, oh, let me say, let me say, for example, my daughter works at KPMG. Um, it's, she's, she's, she's a chemical engineer, but she's now re, retraining as a CPA. Yeah. Um, and, and she is, um, yeah, she's 24. Um, <laughs> but yeah. she, she is in a very, very white dominated environment. She did the same path as I did working for Anderson. Right. Um, but she is in a women's group at her office. Mm -hmm. And the partner at the firm, her direct, you know, the, the partner that, that leads this group and that she reports to has asked me to do a meeting similar to this um, with the women at her firm um, on the 3rd of December. Um, so, so, you know, so you're, you're, it, 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 we're an unconventional family. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but but we, we, we love each other. We're totally tight. Um, in spite of the physical distance, um, and yeah, and and I'm also very conscious of the time. So, yeah, so no, right. if we understand. thirty minutes. But oh, but I hate like, this to end. Yes, but you know what? We understand that you got a tight schedule. You are a busy woman. Yeah. You got things to do. But we thank you so much for your time. We thank you for coming today and talking with us and chatting your with us, telling us all about who you are and what you're doing in your community, in your country. And we thank you. So again, we thank our viewers. We thank our listeners for tuning in today to Girlfriends Chit Chat. And we thank our guests again, Mayor Yvonne Sawyer. We thank you for being a part of our show today. As always, y'all, we thank you for being a part and check us out through the week to see the replay of this on Hindsight Radio Station 103.5 on Tuesday and Thursday. So you all have a fabulous and wonderful Thursday. You all have a great one. Bye-bye. Hey, we thank you again for tuning in today with this episode of Girlfriends Chit Chat. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing you this fabulous episode. So don't forget, you can always catch us here at Hindsight Radio Station at 103.5 on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Thursdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And don't forget, we're on multiple social media platforms, as well as iHeartRadio Station, Pandora, and Facebook. So we look forward to connecting with you again and come back and watch another episode of Girlfriend's Chit Chat Show because as always, we love chatting it up. 
you all have a great one. Goodbye.